0: This is a Federal News Network podcast.
1: Like the old faithful geyser, the end-of-year federal spending spree is showering contractors, even while the pandemic persists and produces spending of its own. The figures are coming in. So can your company make its numbers, we ask federal sales and marketing consultant Larry Allen. And Larry, you've been looking at the figures, and it looks like, yeah, the pandemic spending is up, but nevertheless, good old faithful geyser is coming into play now for regular old spending.
0: It is, Tom, and uh, right in time for September, the month where the government makes its biggest spend uh, all year long. And it's promising to be a very good September for government contractors pretty much across the board. Certainly there had been a lot of funding that had been diverted to pandemic relief. You would expect that that was needed earlier in the year that also sidelined action to do things like IT modernization or even some more meat and potatoes type of stuff that agencies typically do during the end of the fiscal year. Well, now they have the time to do that. There's not gonna uh, abandon COVID-related buying, there's still a need for that. That's still going to happen. But at the same time, whether you're in information technology, professional services, or even more uh, traditional government contract market segments like office supplies or uh, hardware, uh, these are areas that there's still significant amount of opportunity left in the last month of the fiscal year.
1: So that's, that's pretty much the traditional model. And so from a contractor standpoint, I guess the issue is making sure that there is a contracting officer who's authorized and available to take orders and even to maybe direct your federal customer to a contracting officer that you know has capacity.
0: This is the time of year, Tom, as a contractor, that you can really help the government help you and you touched on it in that intro, and that is making sure that you, the contractor, can tell the contracting officer how they can buy from you easily. Your customer wants your solution, that's great. They go to the contracting officer. Now the contracting officer has to do her or his thing in order to comply with the FAR and actually make the acquisition. Well, there are a lot of acquisitions on the table to be made over the next 30 days or so, So you, the contractor, have to say, well, look, you can get to me easily to micro-purchase buy if it's under $10,000, simplified acquisition, small business set-aside, GSA schedule, or another IDIQ, whatever it is that makes it easy for that person to get to you. And don't assume that they are specialists in the area that you know best. You may have to show them how in order to get the business done.
1: Yeah, so people really then should use their federal credit cards for, you can buy a lot for under $10,000 when it comes to, say, IT equipment. Most individual pieces are under $10,000.
0: we have certainly seen the federal IT community make use of micro-purchases this year, uh, Tom, as well as uh, simplified acquisition methods, whether it's the schedule. GSA has a program, GSA Advantage Select, that uh, is one where people can buy pre-configured laptops without even getting further competition. So if they get a nice quote from a contractor they like, uh, they can make the buy. One of the things I find that's neat about that program in particular is that all the prime contractors are small businesses. So not only can you get what you need quickly, if your agency finds itself needing small business credit at the end of the year, uh, you can get that too.
1: We're speaking with Larry Allen, federal sales and marketing consultant of Longstanding, and that gets us to the topic of small business numbers have come in, and uh, things seem to be marching along there.
0: Tom, I think the, the recent small business numbers show two different stories in the federal marketplace. The most obvious and the good news story is, look, for the seventh year in a row, the government beat its small business use goal objective. So 23 percent is the total number of prime contracts that are supposed to be set aside. Those dollars are supposed to be set aside for small businesses. In FY19, the government did 26.5%. So it beat that goal by 3.5%. It also met, I think, all or close to all of the sub-goals. So women-owned business, minority, disadvantaged, service-disabled, veteran-owned small business, all of those numbers were met. I think the one that came close was Hub Zone, the historically underutilized business zone uh, designation, where everybody is trying to stabilize that part of the market. But from a macro level, look, those numbers are really good. And so too are the small business subcontracting numbers, not just the prime numbers, but the subcontracting numbers. Those are strong as well. But in the small business subcontracting numbers, we begin to see some cracks that tell another side of the story. And that is that the government, Tom, has come along and it can't resist the urge to place new requirements on contractors of any size. This year, just alone, if you're in the IT industry, you're looking at two. You're looking at cybersecurity maturity model certification requirements, CMMC. Right. You're looking at... Uh, Section 889, Part B, the restricted use of IT and telecom. Both of those can be incredibly expensive for any business to come into compliance with small businesses in particular. And it's no surprise there that if you look at some of the other numbers that SBA didn't issue, but other people do, you actually see small businesses leaving the market. I think one of the reasons why is that there are these new requirements that are expensive. People can't meet them. They decide they're going to go do something else. So when we look at small business numbers, we tend to look at small business as you know as something that fits inside a neat little box, and it's not. So for the larger small businesses, the ones that have experience, they're doing well. For some of the smaller small businesses, maybe the newer ones and the innovators, they're still struggling
1: right and they could be new to the federal market or they could be trying to expand their reach into the federal market and oh they have a zte router somewhere so there's an expense to get that replaced and the re- the expense and effort of reporting and certifying that it's replaced because that's part of cmmc also
0: right it's the reporting requirement it's certification requirement uh it's the fact that for cmmc if it covers you You have to have a third party accredit your system and your organization. That takes time. That takes money to become accredited. So and on top of that, if you're offering cloud solutions, you already had to get FedRAMP approved. Uh, There's a lot (laughs) to it. And while some of these are justifiable needs that the federal government should have, like they have a right to know that they're getting secure IT. They have a right to know that they're not getting counterfeit parts and that they're doing business with responsible companies. All that's without question. But we need to understand the cumulative effect, too, of the expense of all these rules place on our small business community because we have declared that doing business with small firms in the government market is a good thing. Uh, and yet, those policies seem to favor some groups of small businesses over others.
1: Federal sales and marketing consultant Larry Allen, thanks so much.
0: Tom, thank you. And I wish your listeners happy selling.
1: We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Be sure to subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One.
0: This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First.